You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 197 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. We are back, although we are so far apart, miles and miles away. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we're recording this one remotely, so if it sounds a little wonky, that, that would be why. Um, but yeah, uh, how's it going, Taylor? Not so bad. I got this weird Superman thing going right here. You see this? The little curl, little little thing? <laughs> that little guy? Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing well. Cool, cool. You just got back from Colorado. I did. I, I assume this episode will be coming out late, and so this this time it's my fault, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? I don't think I ever actually asked you, and if you told me, I don't remember what was what was the occasion just to visit. I I think that when Mulaney announced his first set of tour dates, there was no Seattle date, and we just. We were looking at him and we were just like, oh, there's one in Colorado. And, you know, my girlfriend's family uh, lives in Colorado. So we just kind of on a whim decided, all right, let's go there. and We can spend the weekend with her sister and, and her niece and go see the show at Red Rocks. Okay. So, okay. So it was driven by, by Mulaney. Somewhat. I mean, it wasn't like if we didn't have, you know, a place to stay or another reason to go, then we wouldn't have gone. But got it. Cool. And how was that? It was, it was good. Um, the Mulaney show was was hilarious. Although he uh, he <laughs> brought out Dave Chappelle, which I wasn't too thrilled about. Yeah, that was like I don't know how much. Like, yeah, I mean, he's got to have like a very like powerful, influential voice as far as who's opening for him. I mean, it's got to I mean, be ultimately so. his decision. Because the, the other two openers were a guy that was on his sitcom and the guy that wrote for his sitcom. So, mm. that's mm. why would you do that? I don't know. And like he came out and he told old jokes, and he told surprisingly anti-trans jokes and uh, anti-Asian jokes, which was weird. Um, but like not like I said, not even just that they were bad jokes; they were old jokes. So it's like even the people that were excited to see him, it's like. You've probably heard these before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were telling me that about the the anti-trans jokes and the Asian jokes and stuff. It's like, oh man, so he's just he's just really like just turn it into swing, the skid. Turn it into the skid. Uh man, that's like you know, back in the nineties and early two thousands and stuff, like man, he was fucking hilarious like 
That's what I was like saying. Like if, if this was a couple years there. ago, I would have been thrilled that Dave Chappelle was a secret opener. Right. Something happened in his brain, man. I don't. I mean, I know he got all fucked up, like when his show got canceled. Like his head just went spinning. I think, and I don't think he ever really truly bounced back from that. But something went awry. <laughs> um. And I, I don't I don't know where it came from. Maybe it was always there, but yeah, he's that's, just that's turned the thing into. You gotta wonder is you know maybe it was just always under the surface, and he just never really vocalized it to this extent. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, but Milady uh, was hilarious. Cool. Yeah, I, I, you were telling me he's been, he was uh, incorporating a lot of his recent woes into his in his uh, setup or set. Yeah, the- the whole show is about uh, his intervention and going to rehab. And um, he talks about how, like he was so worried that he would go to rehab and people would recognize him, but that quickly mm. got replaced by him going to rehab and no one recognizing him. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm not proud of this, but there was an article about me going to rehab in the New York times. And I just left it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's this? Oh, 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 no. (laughs) How did this get in here? (laughs) They were saying like he went to AA or NA or whatever. And uh, he was like, I'm John M. (laughs) They were like, hi, John. What do you do for a living? He's like, really? I'm I'm a stand-up comic. You make money doing that? <laughs> oh him. <laughs> but honestly the best part was that the sun was in his eyes and so he like had to take someone from the crowd's sunglasses and he was talking oh, about how like, like a amphitheater or something. Is a Red Rocks, which is, yeah, it's like similar uh, to the Gorge. Oh, okay, I guess you did say that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so familiar like, with Red Rock. He had to take someone from the crowd's sunglasses, and he talked about how the irony of talking about sobriety while looking like a complete cokehead. <laughs> and then, like, later in the show, he had to take someone's sunblock, so he's putting on sunblock, and he can't see it, so he's like, you guys gotta help me rub it in. <laughs> and then he got somebody's giant hat that he was wearing. <laughs> And so he just looked so ridiculous by the end of the show. And he's like, guys, I swear, I'm sober. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> well, cool. Well, it's nice to have you back. Although, like I said, you are a ways away. And that's just because we're recording on a weekday and it's just hard to do. Like, it's hard to get together in person during the week. So... Anyway, um, neat. Yeah. Good uh, times. So were you, did you fly back on Monday or Sunday? Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you spent Easter out there and everything? Yeah. Yeah, the show yeah, was we're... actually on Easter. Oh, was it? Yeah. And so it was funny because Mulaney kind of was like, the risen Lord presents John Mulaney. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah, we're 
for Easter, we were supposed to get together with my family because we're going to, my sister's birthday is later in the month. Um, uh, actually tomorrow. Um, so we, but they're going on vacation. Yeah, man. (laughs) Um, and, uh, lost my train of thought. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, I think her and my brother-in-law, they're like off somewhere. They're vacationing somewhere. Um, so we couldn't do it on her actual birthday or like even this coming weekend. So we were supposed to get together on Easter, but then my mom got sick. And so that just went to hell. So we basically just, I I get my, my in-laws ended up coming over instead and we just kind of had lunch. But yeah, aside from that, it was a pretty low key weekend. Yeah. Took, uh, uh, took, Go ahead. I was going to say we took Junior to this uh, this farm. It's like a farm. A farm. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, a tulip farm out in Sumner. And um, just, yeah, hung out there. And uh, that, that was on Friday. Anyway. We did that was an egg weekend. hunt. We did an egg hunt for uh, my girlfriend's niece. And she, she did a lot better than we thought she would. Because <laughs> we, we put them out, you know, she's not even two. And so we mm-hmm. tried to put them out in the open where she could find them. But the, they were still, you know, somewhat hidden. And she mm-hmm. was just like, found it, found it, found it, found it. More. <laughs> she kept going more. So we had to, like, take them and rehide them when she wasn't looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, we, uh, you know, it's like our kid, he's not even standing yet. So it's just like the idea of an egg hunt, like it would be probably more work. Like he wouldn't participate in it. Yeah. <laughs> like if we, if we handed him an egg, he'd be like, okay, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I need this. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, his birthday's coming up here in a few weeks. Yeah, it is. We're so he was born on the uh, Cinco de Mayo, and you know that's on a Wednesday this week or this year. So obviously, no birthday party on the day. But we were talking about doing it, or so we're doing it the Saturday after, and we were talking about having like a fiesta theme, which is obviously like you know appropriation in its finest. Um, but it's it's fun. It's fun for everyone. And we're we're talking about like getting like a taco truck and stuff. But my neighbors are Mexican, and oh. just didn't want to, you know, rub anyone the wrong way. Yeah, didn't want to poke that bear. Yeah. Um, but you know, like Facebook has these buy sell or buy nothing groups. Hmm. Uh, somebody in ours was giving away a one-year-old birthday party package, not package, but like, you know, decorations and stuff for a one, uh, one-year-old birthday party. Uh, and it was Fiesta themed stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's perfect. Even if we don't use it, I just, I just want to have it, you know? And and the main thing that wanted me that that I wanted it for is it has a tiny little sombrero with the number one on it. It's like I could throw the rest of it away. I just wanted that sombrero. <laughs> but anyway, it's 
but yeah, I think I think we might still just do like a taco bar, um, just because it's easy and everybody can kind of put their own food together. But I don't think we're gonna do the actual fiesta theme. Yeah, and it's like at, at this point in time, like the you know extended forecast, it's supposed to rain. Of course, so our plans for doing it outside might not come to fruition. Anyway, so anything else going on? Uh, just real quick, I want to shout out that you were on Cult of Splat last I was. episode. Yeah, that was fun. To that. Go check that out at cultasplat.com. We talked about the, the movie Slackers. The, the, the golden movie Slackers. I was listening to it like, today and I was like, this might be our best episode. It's just a lot of giggling, but. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like you and Kevin have your dynamic and then you and I have our dynamic. And so mixing the two together, I think, sounded really good. Yeah. It was a lot um, of fun. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you, the, the way you guys do your normal episodes, you like, you know, you'll, you'll basically talk through the movie and, you know, you'll, you'll kind of do. Not so much analysis, but just kind of talk about the, the funny stuff or, you know, the certain parts of the movie. And then, like, when, when I was on there, we were doing kind of more like how we review movies, how we'll, like, um, just, like, joke about the movie or joke about other things not even related to the movie. Yeah. And, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that was fun. Um, when you guys doing Cena, man, I, I'm coming back. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are on a time crunch here because we're actually going to be doing this episode in two parts. It'll be released as one part, but we're going to be recording two parts because I have to be done before my son goes to sleep because he's in the next room. So. <laughs> uh, we're going to be doing horror business and all that stuff today. But uh, before we get into things, I want to thank... Uh, are our favorite people in the world. Right, Taylor? Absolutely. Yeah, we're talking, of course, about our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks help finance this silly little show that we run here. Uh, it's not an expensive show, but it does cost money. We have to pay for our website and uh, you know hosting fees and you know a place to keep all our recorded episodes and all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, yeah. And, of course, these people that I'm speaking so lovingly about are Jordan Morrison, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, we love you so hard and deeply. We love you long time. Right. Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Uh, in normal circumstances, you can join us live every episode. We're not doing that now, obviously, because we're doing this remotely, but, uh, or $5, you can get your name in the show or, you know, your Twitter handle or your, your brand, or, or you could say, you know, Seymour butts or Mike Hawk or something. And Tony will have to say it. I'll say it. I'll say he'll like, you'll say, it. He'll say I'll, I'll say like, uh, Tony is a, a fucking idiot. I'll say it. Yeah, so I'm just a, give a, us five dollars, and you can make Tony say whatever you want. I slept more money. <laughs> just bring the money. Good money spending's good. 
<laughs> All right. Well, now that that's out of the way, shall we get into the show proper? Shall we do? All right, starting out in real-world horror, uh, we're taking a trip once again to South America. I feel like we just did this recently, didn't we? Yeah, I think we... uh, Not Argentina, but we were somewhere else in South America. Okay. (laughs) Like how, like, real-world horror has just become this this world travel segment. (laughs) The terrorists around the world. It lets us look into other cultures, different, you know lores and legends right such as uh a certain goblin (laughs) being blamed for the (laughs) (laughs) being accused uh for the disappearance of a uh, a brief disappearance of a toddler he captured him and then let him let him go catch and release (laughs) <laughs> According to uh, a local media report, the curious case unfolded in the Argentinian town of Baron de, de Estrada, uh, where a three-year-old boy named Sebastian wandered away from home, as three-year-olds are wont to do. Yeah. Uh, his mother, Mariella, uh, said that he was dressed... He was... Okay. He was dressed in his Captain America cape. Okay. Now you don't have to be a comic. Wait a minute. Man. Yeah. <laughs> many many superheroes wear capes. Many. But Captain America is not one of them. That so did I not don't... strike me until just this moment. I was like, wait right. a minute, Captain America doesn't wear a cape? Yeah, and it's like, I'm, I was reading through this, and it says more than once, Captain America cape. And I'm like, okay, so that's not just a typo. I mean, maybe he just has a cape that has, like, the Captain America logo on it or something. Mm. Disney's going to want to hear about that. <laughs> Unlicensed <laughs> better be licensed. <laughs> Bring money. <laughs> um. Uh, he was dressed in his Captain America cape, apparently, and he told me he was going to look for the comic book character, presumably Captain America, to show him his sweet cape, I guess. <laughs> but apparently he doesn't know that Captain America, he retired. He's not around anymore. That's right. Well, unless it's Sam Wilson, in which case the cape maybe. might make a little more sense if it was maybe like shaped like wings. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, she thought the youngster was simply going to play in their neighborhood. She grew concerned when shortly after leaving the residence, the tot. <laughs> tot. <laughs> what is this, the New York Post? <laughs> oh, man. So we were at the store the other day buying, uh, just like snacks for, for the baby. And, um, uh, there was something, I can't remember what it was, but something she picked up and said it was for tots and tykes. <laughs> She's like, what's a tot and a tyke? You're like, how Were do you I like know if tot? he's... Were you like, a tot is an angel that hasn't died yet. 
I actually told her like this is a Mulaney joke. She's like, it is. I'm like, yeah, it's it's like too long to get into, but (laughs) is an angel that hasn't died yet. And a hero (laughs) is any man who does his job. (laughs) And if you cheat on your wife, you're a bozo. A bozo. Give us a scoop, Midge. Yeah, she told him to beat it, Bozo. <laughs> no, she did not. <laughs> oh. Man, Melania should be paying us royalties for all this for this press no time shit. we're giving him. Um, okay, but back to the story. She let her three year old just like wander off. At, like just like, yeah, go play. Like he's three. Yeah. Like, that kid could be five years... Like, if my son was five years old, I would not let him out of my sight. Yeah. Like, unless it was, like... Unless he was, like, at school. Let him just wander the neighborhood? <laughs> Looking for Captain America? Right. I mean, you know, maybe it's just a different dynamic in this town. Like, you know... Like maybe like, everybody knows each other. Like, what, like a super small town or something. I don't know how... Yeah. Like, Baron de... Uh, Escalante or whatever. Oh, no, that's her name. (laughs) (laughs) Baron de Estrada. Yeah, I mean, you know, like suburbs, they seem like such a, like a, you know, quiet, unassuming place, but that's where a lot of murderers come from. That's where all the serial killers are. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, after several hours of looking for him, uh, his relieved mother received word that the boy had been found under rather strange circumstances. Uh, turns out that he had managed to travel around two miles from the home and somehow wound up in a lagoon. <laughs> Better than winding up in a bog. Yeah. Like Sweet D. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, last one, please. Uh, uh, the youngster story may have had a tragic ending were it not for his faithful dog, Morocho. Uh, not sure what that translates to. Uh, who had been by his side during the entire trip. Uh, wo- a woman walking near the lagoon heard the animal making a ruckus. And upon investigating the noise, she saw the canine desperately trying to pull the boy from the water by his Captain America cape. Oh, that's sweet. Apparently, Morocho is a Ecuadorian spiced corn pudding drink. Okay. <laughs> Those words don't go in that order. <laughs> I've never heard of a pudding being a drink. I've also never heard of corn pudding or spiced corn, let alone <laughs> spiced corn pudding drink. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's a bunch of words that just don't make sense together. But good I feel thing like he was wearing. Seemed... Good thing he was wearing that Captain America cape. Yeah, otherwise he'd have nothing to pull him by. Good uh, boy, Morocho. Um. Uh, noting that her son is unfamiliar with the area and walked nearly two miles. Uh. Uh. He crossed seven wire fences and two mountains. Mountains, man, he must have been mountains. Well, you know, there are a lot of mountains are in Argentina, the Andes. 
Yeah, but are you telling me that this kid crossed two mountains in two miles? Well, you know, it's like the song says, you know, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley Lagoon low enough. Lagoon low enough. <laughs> uh, she declared, she's like, I declare. I declare. <laughs> You know, declare, I always take to be like somebody shouting, like, you know, commenting or saying those are, those are room level statements. Declare, declaration is a shouting. So so I'm hearing this as, we are sure that he'd be taken to a location by a notorious entity known in local folklore as the Pombero. <laughs> Which is probably the aforementioned goblin. Yeah. <laughs> the little green ghoul. <laughs> the little green ghoul. Uh, we found zigzag tracks in the mountains, and this is not natural. <laughs> I always love the justification for when people declare that, you know, it was a chupacabra or some other kind of creature. And it's always just like, well, you know, there were animal prints. So there you go. And, (laughs) you know, there's no way that this animal would be in my house. So naturally, there's got to be a goblin. There's got to be a goblin. (laughs) Uh, Only goblin zigzag. Yeah, right. Uh, asserting that this is not the first time the boy has been lost and found far away in that area. Oh, so the goblin, uh, Pombero, El Pombero, has taken him multiple times, I, I assume. <laughs> I because... would say the fact that this wasn't the first time is less proof that it's Pombero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think at this point you might just want to keep, like, get one of those harnesses and keep them on a lead. On a pole, or you know, like fence in your yard or something. Like, sure, yeah. Or get like one of those underground shock, like the electrical fences, the little collar. Yeah, put a shock collar on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm already shopping around for one of those. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, everyone. He just winked at me. Uh, you guys couldn't see it, but <laughs> don't tell him that. <laughs> Uh, another media outlet which covered the pe- peculiar event described the Pombero as an anthropomorphic goblin that resembles a short, ugly man that wears a straw hat and possesses an array of magical powers, including the ability to render itself invisible and imitate the sound of birds as well as, well as other animals. <laughs> I gotta say, we've, we've talked about a, a lot of you know, cryptids and stuff on the show. And this is by far the worst one. <laughs> this is terrible. It's just a little person in a hat who makes bird noises. <laughs> you know what I'm picturing is that little troll I gave you from oh. community. <laughs> this little guy. Yeah, that little guy. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> oh. Um, Let's see. Yeah, it, like, 
oh, he makes sounds of birds and other animals, and he can make himself invisible. So it's like, so what you're telling me is that you're hearing the sound of animals <laughs> from somewhere. And not seeing anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's, let's sit back and think about that for a bit, huh? Uh, Sebastian did not specifically say that he had been lured away by the Pombero. <laughs> Go fig. Uh, his mother is certain that this is the case. <laughs> and has enlisted a priest to give a new baptismal blessing following the suspected near-death encounter with the creature. <laughs> Like God, this is the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> like, how can your head be so far up your ass? It's like kids wander. That's what they do. They yeah. go everywhere. And if you just give them free reign, they're gonna take it. Yeah. It's like, and sometimes that means wandering two miles away over two mountains. Into a lagoon. Into a lagoon. <laughs> Especially if it's happened more than once, for Christ's sake. Yeah, like I said, the fact that it's happened more than once is further proof that it's not anything supernatural. Like, <laughs> Oh, Christ. So there's that. And, uh, you know, if you're ever traveling through uh, Baron de Estrada... You know, look Beware out for El Pombero. Beware El Pombero. The clown they call Pennywise. He'll catch you by surprise. The clown they call Pennywise. He's a monster. He's not even mine. He's more than figment of your imagination. So, Warner Brothers and Egon Escape Productions uh, no relation to Egon Spangler. All right. He uh, they have teamed up escape. Yeah. <laughs> they they have teamed up to bring fans the newest escape room experience, Escape It. Which is it's it's capitalized so it's like like the clown. It's like it. <laughs> escape It. <laughs> Just every every like two minutes, just, just something on the on the uh, um, intercom. Just like escape it, escape it. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> Can't do it with you distracting me. Escape it. <laughs> Admit it. <laughs> Uh, this is launching in Las Vegas this fall, of course, since I'm going to Las Vegas this spring. Uh, located in the heart of Sin City and spanning more than 30,000 square feet. Escape it! Is a revolutionary new take on the traditional escape room experiences, offering fans two multi-room escape adventures that bring to life It, the highest grossing horror film of all time, and its blockbuster sequel, It Chapter 2. Is it the highest grossing horror film of all time? Uh, so it that says. That can't be right. I think it is. I mean, like, like over The Exorcist? It made a million dollars. 
I mean, like The Exorcist, I mean, The Shining. Like, is that just box office? Because I can see if it's just box office without like home video. I mean, I guess. Because you know, back when the Exorcist when the Exorcist came out, you could see movies for a nickel. All right. And I wonder if that accounts for inflation. If it is box office, right. Anyway. Um, yeah, kind of interesting that it's it's two different adventures. Like, is that two for the price of one? You know, I have to assume that it probably incorporates. Um, you remember the scene in it when they're in the house on uh, ne- uh, Nebolt Street, and yeah. there's the two doors. It's like not very scary and very scary, or something yeah. like that. I imagine it's probably something like that where you have to pick. That makes sense. That would be my guess. <clears throat> if it's not like that, it should be. Right. I mean, this unparalleled you're attraction. Welcome. Pay me. <laughs> you're welcome, Warner. <laughs> this unparalleled attraction will include more than 20 interactive rooms, state of the art special effects, lighting, animatronics, and live actors to create a fully immersive and terrifying experience. There's no turning back as guests put their skills and critical thinking to the test, navigating some of the film's most iconic locations, including the infamous Niebold House, the Losers Clubhouse, the Dairy Canal Days Festival, and Sewers Below Dairy, all while trying to escape the clutches of Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Nice. So it's like a, nice. like a haunted house escape room. It sounds like, yeah. I feel like most escape rooms don't have actors in them. Wait, did it say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, live actors, huh? Huh. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I feel like a lot of escape rooms will be made much more difficult by actors, you know? Yeah. Unless I mean, they're like... like the, the Evil Dead 2 one had, you know, like actors in videos, but not live actors right. in the room. Yeah, I mean, if they're there to, like, assist... Or, you know, provide clues, that's one thing. But if they're to be, like, you know, detrimental to your to your progress, then right. that's another. In addition to the two escape experiences, Escape It will include a full-scale It-themed retail store, of course, <laughs> complete with photo ops, exclusive and custom merchandise, and carnival-style midway games. That's kind of cool. Yeah private VIP experience tickets as well as packages for birthdays, bachelor slash bachelorette parties, team building, and more will be available when ticket sales begin. I don't, they did, they, there was no website or anything, so I don't know how you like, just Google it, I guess. Yeah. Fucking Google it. Just, yeah, just fucking Google it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been trying to, well, I say I've been trying. This has been going on for like the better part of 10 years, but I've been trying to talk the wife into going to Vegas. But we're going next know. month. She... Yeah, for your for your wrestling. For my wrestling, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going to three she... wrestling shows in five days. <laughs> so much. <laughs> uh, who are you going with? Buffer, Buffer, uh, and his wife, and then Nesgoda and his wife, and Lynn's sister and her husband. Ah, 
and Neat. maybe our buddy Mark. He's, Mark. he's still on the fence, but fun, fun stuff. Get it? His name is Mark, and he likes wrestling. Ha 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 ha! Dummy. <laughs> Escape it! Oh, are we doing that thing again? Where we just <laughs> yell about yell the topic of the story at the end of the story. <laughs> we just go off topic and then scream, scream whatever the topic was. That's how we bring it back around. Should we just declare it? <laughs> Instead of making a clever, you know, uh, segue reference, yes, yeah, cl- clever segue or reference back to the original story. Just, by the way, escape it. <laughs> So apparently, uh, Lionsgate, you all remember Lionsgate, the company that used to make everything. Yeah, they kind of um, like actually started making good things. Right. They started being you know, ju- judicious about the movies they make. Um, but uh, it looks like they uh, are planning to relaunch uh, two very well-known franchises. Well, maybe not. Well, let's see. Let's see the one here. Yeah, they're well known. Ah, yeah, yeah, well known. Okay, I only saw the first one here, so I had to read through. Uh, according to Jeff Snyder, Schneider on the Ankler. I don't know what the Ankler Which we is. We talked about him on, a, on another episode. He's apparently Did becoming we? a yeah. He's becoming a source, I guess. Well then. Uh, Lionsgate is uh, looking to relaunch the Blair Witch Project fan- franchise six years after Blair Witch was released in the theaters. Uh, he, he tweeted, uh, start prepping those pitch- pitches, g- genre scribes, because it sounds like Lionsgate is ready to venture back into the woods again for another Blair Witch Project, since good IP is never truly dead in the streaming age. Not going back to uh, Wingard and Barrett? <laughs> You know, I don't. That movie got so much shit. And like, oh man, it got shit on hard. And like, I don't get it. It got like, diarrhea on. I remember. I think I, both of us thought it was fine. I mean, yeah, I I really liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. I, I mean, um, I haven't gone back to it since. But yeah, yeah, and maybe that's the thing. Is like, for me, it doesn't seem like it has a lot of rewatch value yeah um and that's the same with you know even the original Blair Witch which you know is held in very high regard um even now it's like now that the whole uh found oh shit found footage thing has been played to death it's like Blair Witch Project you know it's still up there but as far as rewatch value, just kind of like, yeah, I mean, this is a found footage movie and honestly, they've been done better since. 
Yeah. And once you know the ending, like the, you know, all the mystery is gone and that's kind of the, the big selling point of the movie. So, right. Yeah. And you know, I, th- I think I've probably talked about this before. Uh, I mean, I'm almost certain I have, but when, when the Blair Witch Project came out, it came out in this time where the internet was still pretty much in its infancy um, to where, you know, you didn't have things like Wikipedia and Google wasn't as powerful as it is. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of like, like um, you know, if you wanted to go like see like movie reviews, um, you, you had to go to people like Siskel and Ebert and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't, there wasn't a lot of entertainment news out there available to the masses outside of like the magazine stand. And so the Blair Witch Project benefited greatly from that, from doing what was basically viral marketing in like probably one of the first movies to do viral marketing in the internet age. Uh, whereas the, the filmmakers went in and they made a website all about the Blair Witch. Right. Um, as if it was like a, you know, an actual thing. And they made up all this backstory and they basically corroborated everything that was in the movie and actually talked about the kids in the movie um, and how they disappeared and, you know, never heard from again, blah, 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 blah. So um, that's what gave the Blair Witch Project a lot of its magic, I think. It's they like, basically did the Baron Von Matterhorn. <laughs> Baron Von Matterhorn. From How I Met Your Mother. It was one of Barney's plays where he like built all these fake websites about himself being a mogul named Baron von Matterhorn. Okay. <laughs> so then he would flirt with a girl and tell her her name was Baron von Matterhorn. Then, of course, she would Google him and she would see all these things and it would make her want to fuck him. <laughs> right. Yeah. So basically that. Uh, and it's just like you, you can't can't really do that anymore. No, There's too I mean, much. If, if you're in the middle of making a movie, somebody on Twitter has already mentioned that it's a movie, right? Um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, you know, and, and like I said, Blair Witch, you know, basically did kind of the same thing that Blair Witch Two did, uh, where it took basically it, instead of trying to continue to. Make the original movie real, like as if, as if it was a real event. It instead, stepped into that universe where it where it is real, although it's still all fictional. And Blair Witch kind of did the same thing. Um. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, creator Daniel Merrick, Merrick, Merrick. Merrick? Uh, Merck. <laughs> told the uh, told Bloody Disgusting's The Boo Crew back in 2020. Uh, Lionsgate hasn't been too interested in our input, which is sort of ironic. But whenever they're ready, we're hanging out. If you want us to come back and take a stab at it, so and, and he was, yeah, he he must have been one of the ones that did the first movie, right? Well, yeah, it says creator. Right. I just, I, creator is such an ambiguous yeah. um, term. I'm just trying to pull that up quickly. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, written and directed. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that would probably be a good move for them. 
to at least involve them in some aspect, uh, whether it's like, you know, consultants or producers or something. Yeah, you'd think. But hey, that's what happens when you fucking sell your property. Like you just lose all control of it unless you're a heavy hitter and you can, you know, say, no, no, this, this is mine. Right. You can make the movies, but I'm going to sign off on it first. Uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, aside from that, uh, bloody disgusting is source, bloody disgusting sources are also indicating that Lionsgate is seeking out pitches for the next leprechaun movie. Let's send one in. Let's send. (laughs) We can bang one out. It's a fucking leprechaun. Like, how hard is it? Yeah, I mean, like, I think if we if we were to put our heads together and write a leprechaun movie, it would be at least as good as the worst one. Origins. Well, not that one. That's easy. (laughs) I could I could write that in my sleep. I I could take a shit. It would be better than origins. I could write a movie with my right hand backwards. I'm left-handed, by the way. I could write a movie with my right hand backwards while I was drunk and write a better movie than Leprechaun Origins. <laughs> Flaming Loaves of Sigmund. <laughs> That's not funny. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Darren Lynn Bowsman uh, has been publicly asking uh, Lionsgate to let him tackle a new installment of the horror comedy Leprechaun franchise for over 10 years now. Uh, he said, I would make a more direct sequel to the Leprechaun franchise. Uh, I would not reboot it. I, I don't want to do that. I would demand that Warwick Davis come back. I wouldn't do it without him. Uh, Does Warwick Davis want to come back? I think he's expressed that he would do it again. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is years ago. So whether or not that still stands, I I, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure he has in the past said that he would come back and do another um, Leprechaun movie. All right. You know. Did you ever watch that sci-fi one? I didn't. I always meant to. and I just never got around to it. I forgot about it until just this moment. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, I had high hope for it. I didn't because it seemed like more in line with the original series rather right. than Origins did. Um, but who knows? Um, but if it's not if it's not Warwick Davis, then it's just like. Which actually, I keep saying Warwick, and in my head, I know I learned recently that his name is actually pronounced Warwick. Like, yeah. like the, yeah, I've always said that. Warwick and I still I, say it, even though I know it's not. Yeah. I think I usually do the same. I, I knew, I know that it's Warwick, but yeah, you, you see that W and you just want to say it. Yeah. It just, it just feels so good. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I would make it equally as batshit bonkers crazy. It would be between the first film and back to the hood. It would be somewhere in that tonal frame. It got really ridiculous as they went on, but that ridiculous is what made them fun. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um, I think there was a point where they got real stupid, though, and that was probably back to the hood.
Okay, uh, we had to take a quick break, and I'm not sure where I left off, but um, yeah. So Darren Lynn Bowsman wants to remake, or not remake, but add to the Leprechaun franchise with Warwick Davis. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that series has gone so like off the rails, I think. That in order for it to be recentered, you need to bring back Warwick Davis. He's just it sounds like of, he basically wants to Halloween it. Yeah, I mean, that, he said he wants to make a sequel to the first one, right? Well, is that what he I said? Guess he said to the he said to the Leprechaun franchise. He didn't say right. to the first movie. Yeah, I mean, even though in the first was four movies, was it five? Um, because there's. Leprechaun, Leprechaun Two. Was Leprechaun Three in in the hood? No, I think Three was Vegas. That was two. Was it? Or no? Shit, I don't remember. It's been so long since I've watched them. Regardless, um, there have been several movies. <laughs> there have been some movies. Um. And uh, yeah, just to get it back, you know, basically course correct. If, if if you want to continue the franchise and actually get people watching it, then yeah, you got to course correct and kind of bring bring it back to what made it good, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, you Warwick know, Davis. You know, he's off doing Willow too, or I guess Willow's the series. Um, he's he's you know. In his sixties, I think, but he still seems spry, spry enough to play, you know, the, the the leprechaun again. I mean, if you think about the first one, he spent so much time riding around in various vehicles, he could easily just recreate that, put him on a little bike, or right. Who doesn't whatever. love seeing a little guy on a on a bike or on a little <laughs> motorized uh, toy uh, toy car? So three, three was Vegas, four was space, five was the hood, six was back to the hood. Four was space. Okay. Yep. So there have been six. Yeah. And then Origins and then Returns. And I believe Returns was a sequel to the first movie. Oh, was it? I believe so. Okay. I guess that makes sense. But Warwick Davis elected not to return. Apparently they asked him and he said no. Oh, well, I guess there's the answer. But yeah, I mean, honestly, Leprechaun franchise, I think at this point, it's just something you got to let die unless you just want to keep making sci-fi movies. Right. Anyway, so there's that. Leprechaun and Blair Witch maybe getting sequels. Who knows? Lionsgate! So as we know, they will at least try to make a movie out of pretty much any property these days. That's um, true. Remember when there was supposed to be a viewfinder movie? Did they not make that? I don't think so. 
I mean, I don't think they just literally called it Viewfinder, but I could swear I remember them making a movie that was clearly based on the concept of Viewfinder. There was also supposed to be a Magic 8-Ball movie, and then that Wish Upon came out, and it seemed like it was inspired by Magic 8-Ball. Right. I mean, that all started when they were talking, like, they are going to make a movie out of the Ouija board. And I'm like, that's fucking They did make a movie out of the Ouija board. Then they did make it. And I'm like, wow. So that actually came to fruition. And it was bad. <laughs> was that who made that? Was that Flanagan? Ouija? Uh, he made the sequel, I think. That's right. Which I never saw. But anyways, uh, now they're making a movie based on the spirit Halloween stores. <laughs> uh, it's going to star Christopher Lloyd and Rachel Lee Cook. This sounds like a Disney Channel movie. Well, it's being called a family slash kids adventure horror. So, or adventure movie, not not even horror. Yeah, that can't even qualify as horror. Uh, When a new spirit Halloween store appears in a deserted strip mall, as they do, three middle school friends who think they've outgrown trick-or-treating make a dare to spend the night locked inside the store Halloween night but they soon find out that the store is haunted by an angry evil spirit who has possessed the creepy animatronic characters. The kids embark on a thrilling and spooky adventure in order to survive the night and avoid becoming possessed themselves. How exactly is this going to play out? I mean, I've been in many spirit stores. None of them are all that big. No, so not really. So unless it like takes place in the entire strip mall, I feel like this is going to be a very tiny little uh, little movie. <laughs> very contained. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Colin from Zoe. Dylan Frankel from Raven's Home. Jaden Smith from Blue Bloods, which is that Will Smith's kid? I don't... I think... He, I think I don't think there's an I in his name. Oh, okay. Uh, and Marissa Reyes from Raven's Home will also star. I don't know who any of those people are. Me neither. I don't know if who that's not Will, shows are. If that's not Will Smith's kid, then I don't know who they are. <laughs> uh, David Pogue? Po- Poag? Po- um, Roads? <laughs> Roods? Uh, he is the director. The film comes from Strike Back Studios, Hideout Pictures, and Particular Crowd. Which who? So many names that I don't understand or know. How did, how did they get the IP for this? I don't know. Maybe Spencer's was just like, "Hey, let's make a movie about spirit." But you know, anybody? It's like anybody? <laughs> you know. The, the thing about spirit is that, you know, you, you go there mostly, at least in my opinion, you go there mostly for like the licensed stuff. Yeah. And I feel like they're probably not going to have any of that in this. So I, I would assume not because I mean, there's not a studio behind this. I don't, I don't think strike back studios or hideout pictures have much, uh, much in the way of licensing. Yeah. You're not going to strike much of a deal with Warner Brothers, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, I mean, if you got if you got Warner Brothers, you'd 
you'd, you'd get, you know, like Pennywise and Freddy and maybe Jason. Um, Warner owns New Line? Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd expect that there won't be any of that. Probably not, no. <laughs> It'll just be like weird, you know, baby torsos in a swing or something. <laughs> All that weird shit that's in spirit. Yeah, this uh, sounds like something Christopher Lloyd is just like, you know, I, I'm almost dead. Why not? <laughs> it's not like he needs the money. Unless yeah, he really. made a lot of bad investments. Um, Noor Ahmed, president of Strikeback Studios, says, One of the reasons I immediately connected with the script is that it is very much inspired by some of my favorite kid adventure films growing up from The Goonies, Gremlins, Monster Squad, and so many great films made by Amblin Entertainment. I think that's him being like, hey, Spielberg, can we please have some licensing? (laughs) (laughs) We would like to put Gizmo in, please. Thank you. Yeah, like it's weird that he specifically called out Amblin Entertainment. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this definitely sounds like something you'd see on like the Disney Channel or ABC Family or or whatever. Freeform, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't sound good. Nope. <laughs> and it doesn't, even like, though I I love Christopher Lloyd and Rachel Lee Cook. And it doesn't give any hint as to who they play. I'm. If I had to guess, I'd say Christopher Lloyd is the 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 ghoul, the goblin, whatever. Little, little green <laughs> whatever ghoul. Whatever he was. Little green ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> the evil spirit. Rachel Lee Cook is probably somebody's mom. Oh, God. That makes me feel old. <laughs> Guess what, bud? <laughs> you kind of are. Dude, I was watching The Cellar and uh, fucking Alicia Cuthbert playing a teenager's mom. Oh. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> When, it's like, that's, when did that's I get right? <laughs> oh. Yep. All right. Let's talk about something else. So, Matthew Lillard, reportedly one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. I have heard that. I have heard that as well. Um, has launched uh, a studio called... Wait, no. Yeah. He's launched a, a studio called Midnight Movie Club. Um, he's uh, starting it up with uh, writer-director Will... Or sorry, Bill Wurity. Um, and uh, they're branding this as the first ever decentralized movie studio. Uh oh. 
I don't know, I like know what, what that means. Like. Yep. You guessed it, guys. Basically, when you buy an NFT from Midnight Movie Club, it grants you access to the studio's membership board, and you'll be able to make filmmaking decisions alongside other members. So it's stock. You're buying stock. Remember when yeah. you could just give people money and they would give you things? You didn't have to buy a fucking NFT? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Legion M does something almost identical to this, except it's just money. It's regular old <laughs> money. You, 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 you pay to fi- help finance a film, and I think in the end you get a credit. Simple enough. We've been doing it for years. Indiegogo, <laughs> Kickstarter, same shit. And we didn't have to buy NFTs. Mm-hmm. I will give you All money right. and you will give me a donut. Let's not bring paperwork into this. <laughs> uh, deadline notes. Viewers will be able to view, sorry, will be able to both vote on which films get greenlit as well as on creative decisions the filmmakers offer up to the community throughout production. Oh, so basically they'll be like, should this carpet be green or blue and you know what's going to happen is people are going to be like green carpets are racist (laughs) and it's going to turn into a whole thing because no one can agree on anything this is a terrible idea this is why you don't crowdsource shit like this Uh, that's basically that's all it is they're crowdsourcing every decision uh, well i mean it sounds like it'll be you know a select decisions so, I mean, it's like, you remember back in like the 90s when Nickelodeon would say like, oh, you know, win this contest and you'll get a walk-on role on some TV show. Sure. What they don't tell you is that you have to pay for the flight to Orlando and it's literally a walk-on role. You walk from point A to point B. You don't say a word. Yeah, in the background. Yeah. And that sounds like basically what this is to me. It was like, because it says it'll be greenlit. Uh, sorry, film vote on which films will be greenlit as well as on creative decisions the filmmakers offer up to the community. Yeah. So basically, just little nuggets, like probably totally inconsequential shit. Like, should this guy be named Tim or Bill? I mean, it says a few examples of things you will vote on, deciding which actors we will make offers to first, picking costumes, props, or creature designs, choosing our movie poster design, and more. So, yeah, most of those pretty inconsequential. Which actors we will make offers to first? It's like, yeah, I know you guys really wanted Brad Pitt, but sorry, he said no. Yeah. So instead, we got this guy. He was in a commercial for Juicy Fruit once. Like. <laughs> Uh, the first movie from Midnight Movie Club will be a horror movie. So there you go. Like it's, from the name, it sounds like a horror studio. It really does. It, when you when you incorporate Midnight, that yeah. just that screams horror. Um, it is titled "Let Them Die" and said to be a oh no high concept vampire movie. Oh boy. <laughs> Okay, uh, how much how much is the NFT? I want to vote this down right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not make this. 
Um, Let's make it a low concept vampire movie <laughs> with boobs and blood <laughs> and actual vampires and and bare male ass. <laughs> <laughs> And then they'll be like, we regret this decision. <laughs> they'll be like, look, uh-huh. only two people voted for the male ass. <laughs> two guys from Seattle. I don't know who they are, but they keep trying to put male ass in all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so we're revoking their NFTs. <laughs> revoking them? <laughs> Taking their names off the spreadsheet. Off the spreadsheet. Uh, let's see plot details are unknown at this time and there's no word on whether or not Lillard will appear in the film if my money says anything then he will he won't be wearing (laughs) pants Let Them Die will begin production this summer Uh, dude I wish NFTs would go away but honestly I feel like they're just getting started I don't know. I was reading an article the other day that the interest in crypto and NFTs is waning very quickly, according to like Google Trends and stuff. Hmm. I mean, like, I've I've only got a little bit of crypto. Uh, I I bought Bitcoin when it was still kind of on its way up, Uh, but it's really plateaued and it just kind of goes up and down by little increments. So I feel like I'm. Like, I'm on the verge of just cashing out, but, like, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I know this, when I cash out, like, a week later, it's going to skyrocket again. To the moon! <laughs> um, but, anyway. Uh, yeah, NFTs are probably the dumbest fucking thing. Um, there's a comic book artist, um, well... Jim Lee. I mean, I think most people, even non-comic book fans, know who Jim Lee is. But for those of you who don't, he is uh, one of the most well-known comic book artists out there. He currently runs, or he is the the uh, editor of DC Comics right now. Um, uh, actually, I think he just got like bumped up to where he's like even a higher position than that. Like he's in charge of like DC. Like anything that Warner Brothers doesn't control, he controls. Wow. Or he like oversees, as far as I can, as far as I understand. But anyway, uh, he's always been a traditional artist. He's never worked digitally, and so the way that a lot of artists, not just comic book artists, but the way that a lot of artists make most of their money is by selling original original art rather than prints, because prints you sell, sell for pennies but original art you can sell for hundreds or thousands of dollars so he can sell his original art but digital artists can't so that's where nfts have been benefiting a lot of digital artists because they can sell nfts of their art which kind of you know acts as like surrogate original art which is just i mean it's stupid the whole concept is just dumb but he was making noise about possibly getting into the NFT game because DC probably through Warner has been doing a lot of NFT stuff lately. Um, and, uh, basically his, his whole fan base is just like, please do not 
do NFTs. <laughs> we have too much respect for you. <laughs> yeah, anyway. really. Dumb, 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 dumb. And, and like, I don't understand how you can have multiple copies of the same thing and call it an NFT. Oh, because only your copy is registered on the blockchain. Who the fuck cares? It's well, like, so again, going back to DC, um, last, well, so the last two years, they've done this thing called Fandom, which is basically like an online convention for, for DC comics where they're just, you know, they announce all their, um, their upcoming storylines and all their upcoming films and basically everything DC. Uh, they basically, and if you registered an account to watch fandom, they send you an NFT, which, you know, is just an image of what looks like a trading card. And they call it an NFT, but there's like half a dozen of these things that you could possibly get. So like there are thousands of copies of this thing going out or, you know, of any given one of these things going out. Like I, I feel like that completely contradicts what I understand about NFTs. <laughs> yeah, it's like if two people had the exact same car with the exact same VIN, exact same license plate number, but only one person gets the title. It's like, so if I get pulled over, am I going to get in trouble? No. Oh, so can I still like drive the car and everything a normal person does? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> You, you can have the title then. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> anyway. Guys, anyway. don't buy NFTs. If you buy NFTs, you're a dummy. Yeah, NFT should stand for no fucking... Tacos. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> yeah, I want the tacos. Uh... I want tacos. N- no fucking... Try it. <laughs> Just, hey, should I get in the NFT game? No fucking try. <laughs> no fucking try. Let's wrap up the shit show. Uh, <laughs> Casper will be returning in a live action series for Peacock. For Peacock? No word yet if Devin Sawa from Idle Hands will be reprising his role. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <That is> 40s. <laughs> you could be a friendly ghost who died in your 40s. Who says a friendly what? ghost has to be a kid? But he's not. They already established that he's a kid. Well, this is a new take. <laughs> a new take. <laughs> According to Deadline, Casper the Friendly Ghost is coming back to television in a brand new incarnation, reminiscent of Riverdale's darker interpretation of the Archie comics. Oh, Peacock snap. Is de- See? New take. Peacock is developing Casper, a live-action horror adventure series. 
which reimagines the origin of Casper in a coming of age story that explores what it meant, what it means to be alive. Should be coming of middle age. <laughs> so it can be Devin Sawa. <laughs> <laughs> when a new family arrives in the small town of a turtle falls, Casper finds himself entangled in a mystery, uncovering dark secrets that have been buried for over 100 years. Spooky. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kai, are they going to make like? Are they going to make like the ghosts like gruesome or something? I mean, it's you know, Casper is just such a childish story that, like, unless they like really lean into it, then uh, I don't know how much benefit it's going to have. <laughs> Yeah, like, was anyone really asking for a dark and gritty version of Casper? <laughs> well, no, not that I know of. <laughs> but uh, to that point, was anybody asking for a dark and gritty Archie? <laughs> no. And Although I, I, I mean, guess I there already it. was an was an Archie, like a dark Archie comic. Dar- Darchie? Darchie. That's what they call it. They call it Darchie. <laughs> I never watched uh, River... Riverdale, uh, but I, I've I've heard it's good. Uh, yeah, Kristen watched it for a while. Uh, it's it's kind of schlocky. It's kind of what you'd expect from the CW. I've heard it has like a Twin Peaks kind of vibe, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of betrayals and teen sex. You know, all the things that make CW what Murder it is. Most foul. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, Fucking Luke Perry played uh, uh, Archie's dad, and then he died. He died, <laughs> and uh, they had to like suddenly write that into the story. Oh wow! Uh, Kai Yu Wu, who I'm guessing directed The Ghost Bride, or maybe wrote, uh, is writing and executive producing the new take. It even says the new take. <laughs> The uh, Kaya Kayu was the writer of the Ghost Bride. I'm I'm guessing. That's what or I'm no. asking. What is the Ghost Bride? I was I was thinking of the Corpse Bride. So I guess. What is the Ghost Bride? I don't know bride? what the Ghost Bride is. Son of a bitch! Oh, it's a TV series on Netflix. I don't think I'm familiar with it. It looks like it's uh, like Korean or something. Oh, I guess that makes sense considering the name. Taiwanese Malaysian. Uh. And Kaiyu Wu is the creator. I see. Well, good luck to them. Uh. Yep. This is set in 1890s colonial Malacca. She's into Malacca's Dino. <laughs> when we, we were at my girlfriend's sister's house. Her husband, like everybody got ice cream and he was like, Hey, I got these boba bars. Do you want to try that? And I was like, sure. And so I like started eating it and I was like, it tastes like coffee. And my girlfriend hands me the wrapper, which is all in Chinese. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, that helps. <laughs> So it had like, like 
tapioca balls in it and stuff. Yeah. Weird. It was kind of weird, but it was going bad. Hmm. Kind of like boba. It's a little weird. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you like boba, you'll probably like them. <laughs> I remember, uh, God, about a decade ago now, might still be the case. I don't know, but like, I was down visiting in uh, LA and boba is so big down there. Oh, or really? At least, or at least it was. And so like everybody's walking around drinking boba and like my, my buddy, um, he was a, a boxer at the time. And like he, um, every, every, like almost every day after, after his practice, um, he went and wanted to go get boba. It's like, I want to get boba. I want to get boba. I'm like, you know, the first, first time he asked me, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Let's get boba. <laughs> and then he gets, like- we go and. Go ahead. Oh, so you go and get it, and it's like, okay, what flavor do you want? I'm like, uh, I think I got, like, watermelon. And I'm uh, drinking pl- it, and I'm plain? like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, it's plain. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this shit? He's like, it's boba. I'm like, that doesn't help me. Like, <laughs> I don't know what boba is. I don't know what boba means. He never told me. I agreed what- to this. <laughs> I just paid five dollars for something I can't identify. You can't I just paid five dollars for a drink, and there's shit floating in it. <laughs> anyway, I prefer the jellies. Little jellies, the little 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 jellies. Yeah, <laughs> instead of like the boba, the balls. Right. Remember the that drink orbits? Yeah, I do. That was awesome. <laughs> It was like really off-putting to drink it, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, was. it was so weird. <laughs> All right, well, that about do it for horror business, guys. We made it. Yes, sir. All right, well, what do we do next, Taylor? We go to the movie reviews. All right, guys, so we have two movies, uh, as we usually do, right? Usually. Yeah. Sometimes it's three. Sometimes three. I think we've done one before, haven't we? That was like a special so. episode. Are you sure? I guess where we no. did like a special episode with just one, epi- oh, one, one movie. Why would we do that, though? I don't know. It's a special episode. <laughs> it's so special, you get less. <laughs> The movie is a longer movie, so it's like a better value. <laughs> uh, anyway, we have uh, two Shutter exclusives, actually. So this is kind of our unofficial salute to Shutter. Who we this shilled. is like our our seventeenth salute to Shutter. <laughs> I can't believe they don't pay us. <laughs> Give us money. It's been like five years. We've been shilling them for them for so long, and they still haven't paid us anything. Seriously. But guys, I know you follow us on Twitter. Right. <laughs> Give us fucking money. <laughs> AMC with your with your AMC money. Yeah, you think you're better with your than us? Walking Dead money. <laughs> what do you think you're better than me? 
Anyway, uh, yeah, so two Shutter exclusives, uh, The Cellar and Hellbender. Yeah, originally we were going to do um, Hellbender. (laughs) Uh, Hellbender. Hellbender. (laughs) Originally we were going to do Everyone's Going to the World Fair, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, That's in theaters, and I just came back from vacation and didn't have time to go to a movie theater. Yeah, movie theaters are tough, even though they're open now. Like for me, at least, it's it's tough to make yeah. time for that. I mean, I do when we have you know a movie that we have to watch. Blockbusters, but, right? Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood. All right, uh, which one are we gonna start with, Taylor? Um, I, I don't fucking care. You pick this time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> mixing it up. Um, let's start with Hellbender. Fear pumping through the blood, more power. Open the door that once it's open, it can be hard shut. I shouldn't have kept this from you. It was a mistake. Liar. I know the truth, Mom. I did what I was taught to do. Winter eats fall, fall eats summer, summer eats spring, and spring eats winter. <laughs> what do you smell? I smell a man. You know why we're called hellbenders? Because we're beards. Have you been in my dreams? If you break my heart, I'll devour you. If they want to believe in hell so badly, I'll give them hell. I just want us to be people. It's not a gift, Izzy. Then why was it given? I'm not afraid of you, Izzy. You will be. Okay, so Hellbender. 2000. Dude, the- the opening scene of this movie is fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll get there. So yeah. Hellbender 2021. Um, I think that's its original release. I think it's only been on shutter for a few months. If that, I don't know exactly. Uh, and there's not a lot available about it, such as on like Wikipedia. So if it sounds like I'm winging it, that'd be why. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so Hellbender uh, opens up uh, in the middle of the woods, and just dre- judging by the dress of the characters on screen, you have to guess it's probably what, like eight, late eighteen hundreds ish. Yeah, kind of like a like frontier type clothing. Um, it's it's very nonspecific exactly where this is, but it's, it appears to be somewhere where it, it, it snows. So up in the northern half of the country, uh, I would assume. 
um, but yeah, so it's a it's a a group of women all circling uh, someone with a bag over the head who is being strung up, and not like they drop them from something like they do the old fashioned way where they put the noose around your neck and they just pull you up and let you just they hoist you. Death. Like this way, you have no chance of your neck breaking and making yeah. a, a quick death. Um. Anyway, so this person or a woman is standing there or you know hang, hanging there, uh, and you know you can hear gaggling, gagging, and um, you know squirming, and you can see her like feet kicking, and we see her feet like this, they slowly stop twitching, which is usually the the sign that somebody's dead, um, but suddenly her feet start twitching again. And you can see her start to wriggle and and, and squirm again. Uh, one of these women then pulls out uh, a revolver and starts just loading them into this woman's head. Yeah, dude. At first, I was like, "Why didn't you just do that the first time?" But then, like, the body just keeps squirming, and then they're like, "Blap, blap, blap, yeah. blap, blap." I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking why!" <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus Christ! <laughs> just unloads. On this woman. Um, and she's still going. And so another woman pulls out this dagger, which looks kind of ceremonial in design. Uh, and um, she approaches the person that's hanging. And suddenly, <laughs> this person just takes off. Like, <laughs> straight up. Like a fucking bottle rocket, like yeah, just complete like with flames, flames and sparks and everything. And this woman is flying through the air. If it was not a horror movie, I would have thought it was a comedy because there's <laughs> or just a this, superhero movie. Right? There's just this close up on her face, flying through the air. She's going, ah! <laughs> yeah, dude, it's wild. <laughs> um, and. That's when we get our our opening credits. Uh, so that's how that starts. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, it's it's fucking bonkers, just right off the bat. Yeah, and like, I mean, just just based on what I'm seeing, and like I, I knew what the movie was going into it. It's, it's about witches, but it's very... I knew nothing. Oh, really? Okay, I went into this completely cold. Fair enough, um, but I mean, c- could you like tell that they were like witches or like some kind of coven, like from from this opening scene? Yeah, that was the impression I got. Yeah, okay, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's basically what I got. The impression I got right away, but I I recognize that none of the people in the group were are basically our two main characters. But um, we jump forward to you know present day but we have to just assume that because there are in fact no cell phones it's true we never see a cell phone actually no i take that back there is one cell phone there's a single cell phone was it one of her friends no the guy in the woods oh yeah um anyway yeah so we, we we see uh izzy and her mom um, they are playing 
just this shitty music. <laughs> <laughs> the first song's not so bad, like the song they're playing right at this point, but the songs that they play later in the movie are not good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the, the first one, it's just kind of like, okay, opening credits music, it's whatever. And then you like see that like they're actually playing this song, and it's like okay, this is this is fine. It's not my kind of music, but it's tolerable. And yeah, the rest of the songs they play in the rest of the movie are just dookie. And like it's just her mom plays bass and Izzy plays drums, which you know, like yeah, that can be done well with like Death from Above, nineteen seventy nine, or Big Business, sure. But like, there's definitely guitars in some of these songs. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's an inexplicable guitar, and like if you watch Izzy playing drums, she like never uses cymbals, but there are definitely cymbals in this song. <laughs> so she's literally just going like this on the snare, not even using like the toms, just snare, <laughs> snare kick, snare kick. It's like anyway. <laughs> um. So uh, where we go from here? They're, so after their band practice, they um, Izzy's mom and like she doesn't have a name. She's just she just calls her mom. So I'll just I'll call her mom. Um, mom says, "Izzy, I'm going into town. Do you need anything?" And she says, "Can I go with you?" And her mom just kind of stops and stares at her. So clearly, we know that that's a no no. For some right. reason, she's not allowed to go to town. Uh, and, uh, while she's gone, she takes off or Izzy takes off and just, she goes for a hike in the woods. <laughs> um, she's walking around and actually, I guess it's not this hike. It's, she goes, goes on this one. And then later on, she's on another hike and she's just out. She's, she's sketching, um, uh, like a waterfall and, and some fallen trees. Um, and up behind her, we see, Oh, you know what? Sorry. I skipped a part. The dude. Yeah. So I'll get there while Izzy's out hiking. Her mom comes back from town. No, I, no, she doesn't. Fuck. I'm totally spacing on this part of the movie. I know her, her mom at some point she's out in the woods and she's doing something very ritualistic. Like she is clearly doing some kind of magic or you know witchcraft. She is uh, mixing a lot of like leaves and berries and she like cuts open the inside of her mouth so she can spit blood onto this concoction. And she starts fashioning this, this thing, this, um, I don't even know what to call it. I'm sure there's a word for it, but she being the mom in the scene, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's kind of like the Blair Witch thing in right. its construction, but it's, it looks like a, like a diamond inside a circle with like with. points. Right. <laughs> Were you always so pinty? <laughs> So she basically builds this brownish area with points. Right? <laughs> um, and from what I could gather, it's never all that explicit what this thing's for, but what, from what I could gather, it's like, like an eye in the sky that she uses to keep track of Izzy. 
Wait, I mean, that symbol comes up several times. Right. Yeah. And so she creates, she fashions this thing, thing out of twigs and, and branches and stuff. And then I don't think we actually see her do it, but we see Izzy do it later. She creates this thing and then she like f- floats it up into the air. Yeah. And then later she <laughs> draws this symbol in blood on a table and, and talking about the mom, she draws a symbol on the table in blood and she covers up her eye. And with doing that, she can see what is it. She can follow Izzy. So I got the impression that's like some kind of like witchy tracking. So it was like a, basically like a witch drone. <laughs> yeah. Before there were drones. That's what, that's what they did. You know, there were uh, hard times on the frontier and that's what people had to do. <laughs> That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Izzy's out in the woods and she's just sketching, like I said, like a water, like a you know waterfall scene. And from up behind her comes this guy. He just like climbs up over a over a hill and uh, he says, "Excuse me." And Izzy's very taken aback. She's scared because she clearly doesn't get any interaction from people uh normally and he says hi i'm sorry i'm just i'm so lost and he's like this is she says this is private property he's like i'm sorry i I really have no idea where i am right now i've been hiking i feel like in a circle for hours um and i don't know where i am i was wondering if you can kind of give me a hand and this was very like uh inorganic the way he did this he's like by the way i saw this symbol yeah. And do you know what this is? And he holds up his phone and it's the symbol that um that the mom had created. Um and that's when the mom shows up up on a cliffside and basically she says, Hey, and you know, points presumably towards the house and tells Izzy to get lost. Well, don't don't forget that Izzy tells the guy that she's sick. That's right. And so like she she's like, Don't come near me, I'm sick. Yeah, he says you don't look sick, which is not something you typically say to somebody who says they are sick. <laughs> yes. I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like some little kid that's trying to get out of school, like you know, right? It's like uh, 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 I'm sick. I got a cold. It's like, well, you don't look sick. Get dressed. Um. Anyway, so. Izzy walks off and he turns back towards where the more the mom is standing and she's gone and he does a 180 and suddenly she's standing right behind him. So clearly she has some kind of powers of teleportation or whatever. And he's just like, Whoa, shit. How the hell did you do that? And she basically just kind of, you know, thumbs him in a direction and they walk off into the woods. And at one point, He's like he's explaining that his his niece lives nearby. That they're about the same age. She's about the same age as Izzy. Might be a, make a good friend for her. And the mom stops and says, "Are you married?" And he's like, "Well, no." Like, do you have any kids? No, but I would have liked to have some. And uh, <laughs> she's like, "I'm not flirting." Right. And so she, like starts working some kind of mojo on him. He floats up into the air, which again is very comical. 
And he's just like, and disappears into dust like Thanos snapped his fingers. Yeah. There's Um, another part that was like very reminiscent of of the the snap. For sure. Um, Anyway, so it's very clear that the mom doesn't want anybody around Izzy, that she's keeping her very protected and contained. Um, but you know, Izzy being a teenage girl, she wants to get out, you know, she wants to meet people. She's clearly been only around her mom for like her entire life. Um, one day she's out on another hike. Um, and she happens, I think she's, she must be purposefully walking towards the next property over. And she sees this girl, you know, I guess she was on a cell phone. So two cell phones, you know, kind of walking back up and down alongside the pool. And uh, she's kind of creeping on her from the woods. This girl notices as he's standing there and she thinks it's somebody else. uh, But she realizes that it's not her friend. So, okay, well. Don't stand there in the woods like a creep. You know, come over here, have a beer. And uh, this is Amber, uh, the girl that the man who turned to dust had mentioned. So this is his niece. Um, and uh, yeah, so Amber's trying to be really f- friendly. Um, you know, more friendly than I would ever be to a complete stranger. But <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> But yeah, she fixes her up with a beer, tells her to have a seat. And again, she says, oh, I'm sick. You know, I can't be around people. And she's like, just shut up, sit down, have a beer. <laughs> so she she pulls up a chair, you know, kind of pulls it, you know, six feet away or however <laughs> far. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, okay, but I'm going to social distance. Right. Um. And yeah, they just hang out and uh, they, they jump in the pool and, you know, they're just kind of being friendly. Uh, and Amber's like, all right, I got to go. I, I got to go. I think I'm meeting, what she say? I got a date or I'm meeting somebody for dinner or something like that. Um, she says, but I'm having some people over. Or she says, I, I've got to go home for dinner. That's what she said. And uh, Izzy's like, this isn't your house. He's like, good. <laughs> Hell no. I just uh, come over to this place when nobody's home because it sounds like like there are some city people who like might be like there. Yeah, they're city. It's right. said. They'd be like, like, I don't know if they just work in the city or, or, or if like this is their vacation home or something. But Right. Um, anyway, she's like, but I'm having some people over to this house I don't own. <laughs> you should come. Uh and yeah, so um, okay. So basically, you know, she starts getting you know closer to Amber, you know, becoming becoming friends. She meets Amber's friends, and uh, Izzy's mom sees that she's spending time with these, with these girls or with these, with these kids. And she says that, you know, you, 
you can't be around people. Um, and, um, it's, and basically, because, what was it? Okay, so they're having this party at this house, and the owner shows up. They start running away. Well, before that, you got to talk about the worm. Thank you. God damn. Okay, so um, have a good time all the time. Always, always eat the eat worm. The worm. Uh, AJ, Amber's friend, pours them all a shot of tequila and says, and, you know, of course, you got to have the worm. So were they earthworms or were they like grow like um I, I didn't actually see the worm, so I didn't I don't know where well, they actually- he, he says since since it's um Izzy's first shot of tequila ever, instead of using the regular tequila worm, it's a live earthworm. Okay. Uh so she drinks it and swallows the worm and she just starts tripping balls. Um, and she just kind of goes into this trance uh, and starts freaking everybody out. And that's when the owner shows up, shows up. Yeah. They all take off into the woods. Izzy's following kind of behind Amber. Um, they stop and they're talking. and Well, should say Amber's talking and Izzy's just kind of leering at her. And then she gets close and it almost looks like she's trying to kiss her and she says, Hey, I'm not, I'm not gay, but you know, I have some friends that I could, that I could introduce you to. Um, and that's when Izzy tries to put her hands around her neck. Yeah. And Amber basically just says, you know what? Fuck you. Get out of here. Never talk to me again. And she takes off into the woods. She goes home and, um, her mom, knows what's going on that she's been spending time around other people um is this when she tells her that she's not protecting her she's protecting other people because izzy's dangerous i think this is when that kind of little chat occurs right yeah because at the party izzy talks about how she has a, a immuno disease right um and AJ, who is, who is pre-med, is like, you know, oh, most people don't make it past infanthood with that disease. Right. And he says it's mostly for male. Or it's... This is, yeah, it's mostly in boys. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're like, munities! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, her mom is basically explaining to her that she hasn't been keeping her isolated to protect her from other people. She's doing it to protect her, protect other people from her because she is, is dangerous. Um, and that's when she kind of starts explaining, um, who they are and the fact that they come from a line of witches, um, or hellbenders, hellbenders. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, and that's the name of their band is Hellbender. Yeah. Uh, which and a- Amber calls Izzy Hellbender. Right. Um, there's like some explanation that's given why they're called Hellbenders, but like, I don't because they were they were kicked out of heaven and bent towards hell or something like that. 
That's lame. <laughs> um, or rejected by heaven or something. Something along those lines. Something, something about heaven was full, so they bent towards hell. And so the dead walked the earth or, or whatever. Or whatever. Whatever it is people do. <laughs> whatever it is people do when hell is full. Um, let's see. So, yeah. Her mom basically starts telling her kind of all about their their lineage. And, uh, you know, we see earlier in the movie that their meals consist of, like, roughage from the woods. Like sticks and berries. Yeah, like sticks and, and leaves. And, and like like not even a pine like, cone. Yeah, yeah, there was. So it's not even, like, you know, like berries and foliage that you normally eat. It's literally just like sticks and dirt. Yeah. And she says, you know, it, uh, the reason that the re- the reason you um, felt that way when you when you ate the worm wasn't because of the worm or the alcohol. It was be it was the life in the worm that was giving you power. And she's basically just explains that the, the, the witchcraft and there's so much, there's so much power in life force. And that's, you know, what they use to, um, you know, embolden themselves, I guess. So, I mean, even eating something as small as an earthworm provides them with, you know, a, a, a decent amount of magic or whatever. It, yeah. It fills their, their magic meter <laughs> like a video game <laughs> right <laughs> um oh i guess i should mention that uh at one point or sorry when they're when they're when they've ran away from the party and amber told izzy to fuck off the owner of the house caught up with her says hey i'm with tired izzy. Of you. Huh? with izzy yes sorry izzy um and uh so yeah, i'm tired of you bastards you know breaking into my house you know it's a crime blah 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 blah. and you know what i i don't know if i looked away but d- does it actually show her kill him i don't remember oh well, if not, then it's kind of implied that she, you know, did something to him. And so, yeah, basically the mom is explaining kind of how their powers work and teaching her some kind of cool little spells and incantations and stuff. And we just kind of see this decline in Izzy where she becomes kind of more and more... um Entranced by the uh, witchy, witchy, sure, yeah. <laughs> I just say more and more like entranced by by the magic, and um, you know, it's it's basically exactly what her mother feared would happen. Um, I mean, all her life she's been looking for the magic, right? <laughs> Dookie, poor 
looking for the magic. <laughs> Fucking Dookie Boar, man. It's a new band name. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, that, that, I mean, that's kind of the movie without giving away uh, the end. Um, just Izzy starts to become kind of more dangerous. I mean, exactly what her mother was worried about, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she sees this happening to her. But you know, kind of once once the wheels in motion, it's hard to stop, I guess. So, uh, what'd you think, Taylor? It's pretty good. Um, the effects are are awesome. They're strikingly good. Yeah, like I don't know what the budget was for this, but the the effects were impressive. Yeah, I mean, like the effects, considering like, I mean, like the acting's not that strong. Like some characters, like you know, Izzy is actually probably the strongest of the bunch, I think. Um, yeah, and uh, and but in the, like the 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 cinematography, it's not like it's shot poorly. It's just not the greatest quality. Um, but the, but yeah, the effects were actually really good. I mean, not like, you know, blockbuster, you know, multi-million dollar film quality, but pretty good for what it was. Yeah. And just like a lot of the stuff that they did was really interesting. Some of it was kind of like they would, you know, go into a trance or whatever, and it would be like all psychedelic and trippy. And then they do that stupid thing that a lot of movies do where they like somebody has a vision and it's all like a everything is in metaphors and I'm like I'm I'm too dumb for this like yeah. just just hammer it into my skull like <laughs> and that's what like a lot a lot of different times during this movie it's you I mean it, <laughs> same kind of notion I get from a lot of like elevated horror it's like yeah, you, th- you think you're better than me? <laughs> Are you trying to be too smart for me? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> you pretentious son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, there are definitely parts where it's just like, oh, is there a, a point to this? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like these, like I said, these visions or dreams or whatever, and it's just like, is this? is this a metaphor for something or is it just like, Oh, this is kind of cool looking. Right. We need yeah. to fill about 10 minutes. Yeah. And you know, to be less ambiguous, there are parts where I guess it's her mom who is having these visions or dreams yeah. or whatever um, of her and Izzy in like these black cloaks. Um, and, I can't even really describe exactly what's going on because like a lot of it doesn't even really make a lot of sense. They're like on a cliff on a beach and they're smoking. Like that's like not smoking, like smoking like a cigarette. (laughs) Um, Just like they're physically smoking like their bodies. Yeah. Which I, which was a cool effect, but I don't know why. Right. Exactly. A cool effect. Um, So, but I thought the story was interesting. Um, the The acting was fine. Like you said, it's it's not great at points, but overall I thought it was fine. Um, 
I think like the the guy who owned the pool was a little a little not great. Yeah. But otherwise I thought I thought everyone did all right. Um Yeah, not not really scary. Not so but, much. Uh, some good gore towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, I think it may have been like at least partially um CGI. But either way, yeah, it was is cool imagery at the very least. Yeah. Um it looks like this was kind of a family affair here. Oh? Yeah. Like I I don't know cuz so Izzy and Amber and the Amber's uncle, they all have the last same last name. Oh really? So, yeah, Zelda, Zelda, Lulu and John Adams. And then the mom, her last name is different, but that doesn't mean anything. They they very well could just be like a family. Hmm. Um, what about like the director and stuff? What's their name? So the direct, the three directors are the uncle, Izzy, and the mom. Oh, same the writers too. So, I think they're probably a family. Well, isn't that special? Yeah, because the the mom looks like there's there's a similarity in looks between her and Izzy. Yeah, and I think Izzy and Amber must be sisters because they look pretty similar too. They look like they could be sisters or maybe maybe cousins. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I guess it was about on par what I was expecting. I mean, I went on, I was going entirely off of like a trailer that I saw by accident. Um, And, you know, Shudder, as great as it is, a lot of those movies are kind of hit and miss. Um, And, uh, but yeah, I mean, this, this one, it's not going on like a top 10 list for me, but um, it's, it's, it's not bad. No, I thought it was solid. Yeah. And but you know to put that in context, like I don't know this is something I'll ever go back to again. Like I I can't genuinely say I have any interest in ever watching this again. Um yeah, I probably agree. But yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's like if you have shutter and you know an hour and a half to kill, why not? Yeah, it's worth a watch for sure. Yeah. Especially, Especially if you're into like elevated. I mean, I wouldn't classify this as elevated horror, but it's not quite. It's, it's on the fringe, right? Um. So yeah, I mean, if you're more into that or like you know witchy kind of movies, witchy then, women, witch a woman, <laughs> oh witch a woman. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anything else to say about this? Not really. I was a little worried that I was going to be disappointed after that like batshit opening scene. I thought it was going to be like Ghost Ship, where it was like had this awesome opening scene, and the rest of the movie was doo doo. <laughs> that was fucking wacky. Like it was like when she just like literally takes off like a firework, like fucking Johnny Blaze. Yeah, man. 
like she just like goes straight up in the air like like I mean like a bottle rocket that was like the I think the perfect description because she just like takes off with like sparks flying behind her and her head is on fire her like ghost rider <laughs> and uh it's not explicit but I believe that is actually the mother's mom that was the impression that I got, but I don't really know how that ties into the rest of the movie. Yeah, other than just kind of establishing like a lineage. Yeah. Um, but the mom does like, at one point, Izzy asks her mom how old she is, and she says like 147, I think. <laughs> old enough. <laughs> to party. <laughs> old enough for this party. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. All right. Uh, I'm thinking uh, six. I'll go seven. Okay. I okay. was debating between six and seven, but I'm feeling generous today. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, like I said, on Shutter. Check it out. Also on Shudder is uh, our next movie, The Cellar. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's so ugly. You know, when I was a kid, I would have loved to have lived in a place like this. What's in there? That's the cellar. It's filthy. I like to think of it as character. Mom, get me out! Hang on, Ellie. Stop, Mom. Mom, get me out! I'm done here. I need you to watch Steven tonight. So you're leaving us here on our first night. Go down and check the circuit breaker. No, I'm scared. There's ten steps to the bottom. Count each step. Can you do that? One. Two. You're doing great, Ellie. Keep counting. Three. Ellie! 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 We've talked to her friends, but no leads, unfortunately. Something happened in the cellar. What about this? It's definitely a representation for a dimension. There's symbols above all the doors. An ancient evil. It's here. Steven. Mama. Steven. The Solar. Solar. So the Solarium. (laughs) So this stars uh, Alicia Cuthbert, the girl next door. Also, Alex Kirkovich for my fellow Happy Endings fanatics. <laughs> Looking not like... Dude, I, I texted you and I was like, why does Alicia Cuthbert look like Gina Davis? Yeah, man. Like, she's not like... She's looking older. Not 
old. Well, she is. Like, sure. Not like an old lady, but she she just she, she is very clearly aged, and it's just like, as have we all. Yeah, and that's that. It makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, because you you said something about her having a teenager, and I was like, what? No. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a teenage daughter in this movie, and and another kid. Yeah, what 10, 10 to twelve year old son. Yeah. What in the fuck? <laughs> but she's like. 40-ish. Yeah, probably around there. Because you're 38. Yeah. And she's two years older than, no, a year older than you. So she's probably like 39 or 40, depending on the month. Yeah. Um, so it seems like a lot of work to have a teenager and, a, like like I said, a, like a preteen by the time you're 40. Unless I'm just doing my, the math wrong in my head. I mean... If she had her when she was in her early twenties, that's not that old or not that young. I, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Like my parents had me when they when I was when they were in their early twenties, and but for me, being a millennial in you know in the in the the, the early twentieth century or twenty first century, that sounds like just so outrageous. Like I can't I can't even fathom having a child that early in life. Yeah, we were talking about that with uh, my girlfriend's sister last weekend about how, you know, our generation is having kids into their 30s. And it's not really a, th- a thing anymore to have kids in your 20s unless it's an accident. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know plenty of people who sure. are like people I went to high school with who have kids uh, or who had kids in their 20s um, or even their teens. <laughs> you, you, you know that from wh- where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we led the state, man. Woo! Go team. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, so so Alicia Cuthbert plays Kira. Her and her husband Brian and their two kids move into this new house. Uh, their young son Stephen and their daughter Ellie. This is in Ireland. Yeah, I didn't realize that until I saw like the. The Irish Irish film consult or whatever yeah. pop up in the opening credits. Yeah, it's so nice that other countries give people give filmmakers money to make films. Yeah, no shit. Uh, so they move into this new house. Ellie is a typical you know brooding teenager, and she's like, "This is stupid. You're yeah. stupid. I hate this." Just right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> And Kira's just like, hey, why don't you quit being a bitch and just yeah. like, you know, <laughs> wait a week before you start shitting on everything. Right. Um, but like the the first five minutes they're there, Ellie goes in the cellar and the door lo- locks behind her and it won't open until they find there's a key that's actually like hanging above the door. But they can't just open the, the lock without that key. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see so Kira and Brian both work for some kind of social media company of some kind yeah like I couldn't quite a, they're, they're like um, almost like marketing a little bit yeah but it's just like for influencers to, yeah exactly it's just like we need to make this more 
driven towards millennials and what do millennials like and but I don't know what the product is. Yeah. I mean like I I, I got the impression that they were like like a marketing agency or like a you know management agency for influencers. I it could be. Um but also like at one point they're talking about like starting a hashtag to make influencers compete with each other, which just yeah. sounds so fucking underhanded. <laughs> yeah, and like the office they're in too looks almost like this is Blair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> looks like uh like Dr. Evil's layer or something. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> But so Ellie and Steven are home alone and they find this old phonograph and this old record that has like math problems written on it. Oh, math. <laughs> See, and so they, they start playing it and it's just like some guy like saying math on the record and he's just like, you know, Z equals X, Y, Yeah. Sounds like the, like literally the single most boring record of all time. <laughs> I can't think of anything I would want to listen to less. Yeah. Like, you know, this, the whole issue with this movie is like, if I were to have moved into that house and I found it, like, I, like I just said earlier, like if I saw this equation written everywhere and I heard like this record with an <clears throat> equation, some guy just speaking a physics equation, I'm like, Oh, math and turn it off. Like <laughs> movie over. <laughs> But the the power goes out, so uh, Ellie calls her mom, and she says, well, you're going to have to go check the circuit breaker, which is down in the cellar. Uh, and of course, she after said what it. happened, oh, she said it, <laughs> after what happened earlier, Ellie is, you know, understandably trepidatious about going back in the cellar. Yeah. But Kira tells her, you know, it's it's only 10 steps, just count the steps, I'll be right here. And so that way, you know, when you get to the bottom, so you can find the, the circuit breaker, yada, yada, yada. They start singing that song from, from uh, the claymation, Santa Claus coming to town. Put one foot in front of the other. Yep. They sing that together. <laughs> oh, over the phone. <laughs> yep. No, Ellie starts going down the steps and she's like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, and just keeps going. And Kara's just like, "What? no? What are you doing? that many steps. This this is preposterous. (laughs) Are you fucking with me? (laughs) So Kara and Brian rush home, and they find that Ellie is now just missing. Uh, Steven doesn't seem all that troubled by it. He's playing Nintendo most of the movie. <laughs> it's whatever. But there's also all these like Hebrew symbols over all the doors. And each one has a little triangle. And at first, Brian is just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> hmm, weird. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's just like, yeah, whatever, Jew shit. <laughs> <laughs> but Kira is just like, you know, it, this is important. This, this means, means something. something. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so she does all this research and talks to like the old owner of the house and finds out that the letters spell Leviathan, which is a giant sea monster. Um, but that's apparently like a red herring. Cause there's yeah. like, a, there's, there's actually a demon that possesses the house. Yeah. This, I got kind of lost with this. Cause like, yeah. Like there's there's a reason. Leviathan. Yeah. I, the Leviathan thing. It's like, they want you to think it's a sea monster. And then they're just like, JK. Yeah. Psych. It's actually Baphomet. Like, right. What? <laughs> So what was the Leviathan thing? Then? <laughs> Were you trying to and re- trick me? Their, their, their explanation for it was just like Brian goes, look, types in Leviathan and Baphomet comes up. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about either one, but I feel so like. I don't know much. Yeah, like that. Uh, but I feel like I they don't have anything to do with each other. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Judaism. Yeah, well, Leviathan does. Well, yeah, okay. Um, I see. That's the thing. Like, it's like Leviathan. Okay, yeah, you find a bunch of Hebrew symbols that spell Leviathan. That makes sense, being that uh, Leviathan came from the Old Testament. <laughs> but it, Baphomet is very much a pagan creation, so I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, although he did point out that all the symbols are actually on the, you know, the goat's head pentagram. Right. And and the little triangles all formed a pentagram. That's Okay, yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, so maybe there is a connection. Oh yeah, I'm maybe. looking at the... they didn't like I said they didn't do a very good job of explaining it. Um, they also don't do a very good job of explaining why there's math everywhere in this house. Like the, the same mathematical co- equation that was on the record player is also chiseled into the bottom step of the cellar. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Brian like freaks out and tries to smash the step at one point. Yeah, instead he, like, uh, hits, he hits it with a sledgehammer and it, like does nothing except start resonating. It's almost like a cartoon where like they hit something really hard and like their whole body vibrates. <laughs> <laughs> it also sounded like it was metal. Yeah, like when he hit it, it's like ping. Right. Um, Kira goes and meets with a, a mathematician, asks him about the um the formula and he says you know it's it's not done whatever that means right yeah i don't know um yeah there's like a list of little creepy things like there's a abacus that we keep seeing little stones slide from one side to the other nobody else seems to notice yeah and also like again just because it doesn't really just seem to have creepy, any purpose yeah, yeah. because math like, well, sure, yeah, that's why the abacus is there, but is it actually, like, doing anything or just moving beads? It's not actually Baphomet. It's Mathanet. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <it's> terrible. <laughs> that was bad. 
but I, you know, somebody had to. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, creepy stuff happens and I don't want to give away the end or anything. So, which is a shame because in my opinion, the end is the most interesting part of this whole movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, like, I think I missed some transition because suddenly the, like the end, the last scene was happening. I'm like, wait a minute. How did we get here? <laughs> what happened? It does. It does escalate quickly. Yeah. And, uh, I still don't quite understand what the hell was going on. I don't really understand most of it. Yeah. Cause math, you know, math is um, hard. <laughs> I, I found out that this is actually based on a short film, which makes a lot of sense. Mm, yep. Got to fill it out. Yeah, this definitely has the feel of a short film that they were like, let's pad the shit out of it and make it a feature. <laughs> yeah. Um, this premiered at South by. I'm wondering how it did. I, I feel like I read that it did pretty well, and that was why I picked it. Mm. It seems to have been getting a lot of uh, attention. Um, uh, ooh, 30% on tomato meter. 47% for audience score. So maybe not that great. <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> Me neither. Like I said, the the ending was kind of cool, although I don't really understand it. Uh, it's more just the imagery rather than the story and how you know how we got there. Yeah, and like the whole explanation of like why the house is possessed by Baphomet and like what these math problems have to do with anything is so just bizarre. And well, so so the the guy that owned the house before was I don't know if he was a physicist or just a mathematician. I can't remember. Um, and his son died and he just mm-hmm. couldn't accept it. So he was he started doing all kinds of research, you know, being a scientist, uh, uh, you, do, you know, doing all kinds of research for you know, science or as far as science, to find some way to bring his son back. And, you know, basically when he, and this is all through an explanation from his daughter who, uh, Kira and her, and Brian, or sorry, Steven, Steven, Steven's the, the little boy, the young, the young boy, the young boy. Okay. So Kira and Brian bought the house from this man's daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, through explanation from her, she's saying that, you know, my father tried to bring my brother back, you know, using scientific means. And when that failed, he went to, you know, he basically made a deal with the devil. Right. And so, yeah, he fashioned this house and it was very kind of, you know, like 13 ghosts esque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they he used powers. Not, of, not as fleshed out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not as impressive. <laughs> Um, and it, it appears to have just backfired. Like it just really did not work out the way he planned. Yeah. Um, because I don't think that 
I think her father disappeared, right? Wasn't that yes. it? Or, yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's that whole thing. And so that's kind of what drove the story. Um, but it wasn't really enough, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, it definitely, this definitely feels like a short film that was stretched out and they kind of piecemealed in different things here and there. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really flow cohesively. Right. Yeah, it just, um, yeah, it, it didn't seem like it was very fleshed out all that well. And like, suddenly we're at this ending and it's just like, but, but what's going on? <laughs> what yeah, is this? Like, and like, I think they thought the counting thing was going to be a lot creepier than it was. Yeah. Cause like every time something creepy happens, somebody goes in a, a trance and starts counting either forwards or backwards. Right. <clears throat> and it was just dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like, it, uh, there was a lot of merit in the idea. I think it just didn't quite work the way I think they were hoping it would. Yeah. It was more annoying than scary. Right. Like if it was me, I would just be like, stop fucking counting. It's annoying. (laughs) (sighs) I know a lot of people were excited to see Alicia Cuthbert back in horror. Um, I don't like house of wax is really the only thing that I can think of that she was in, but I think she was in some, some smaller indie stuff. I can only think of house of wax. Um, and if that's what they're, that's what they're leaning on, then I don't know why, because house of wax, you know what? Like house of wax. Can we agree that that movie's terrible? I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's gotten some kind of reinvigoration from this cult following. I don't understand it. I don't know what is making people suddenly think that House of Wax is any good whatsoever. Now, I will I will allow. I will I will give acceptance to the idea that the uh story is better than the original version um, on account of there actually being a house of wax, <laughs> but um, the way, just the way it was executed was fucking terrible. And the cast, man, I mean, Alicia Cuthbert, sure. I could, I could bear with that, but fucking Chad, Michael Murray and Paris Hilton. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? At least Paris Hilton got killed fairly quickly. Well, sure, yeah. That was probably my favorite the, part of the movie. The only other thing I see horror-related is Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, uh, me too. I was just looking at that. So. so I don't know how you can talk about this like grand return to horror when she wasn't really like a horror icon to begin with. Unless they think this... Unless they are entirely basing this on House of Wax. Or they are including Are You Afraid of the Dark? 
She must have been, because she was in 27 episodes. She must have been a member of the Midnight Society. She was, yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't remember her in that. Anyway. I didn't anyway, know she was Canadian that, either. I, I did not realize that either. Hmm. Yeah, not uh, not great on this one. Not really a lot of great effects to talk about or anything either. Not really. Like the effects, there weren't like many effects in it to begin right. with. And the effects that were that were in it weren't that great. Yeah, nothing to write home about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like there was a good movie in here somewhere. It just yeah, it's probably, it's probably the short film. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. Just uh just too bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know, maybe if you're into more of the of like the ghost movies, just ghost stories with that are slow moving and just creepy. But yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like the the incorporation of the whole satanism thing. It's like that's a whole can of worms and like if you're not going to devote the entire movie to that then it's like you're leaving stuff on the table yeah really um and it's spent so just too much time on on this on this equation the 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 physics stuff when that just never really explain like what it is supposed to do like what's it wasn't like it was like a you know a spell to keep something in or out or wasn't it supposed to like open another dimension or something? Which I guess in effect it did. Yeah, slight spoiler, but yeah, whatever. Um, but it just didn't really seem like it was all that great. Yeah, but then like the old owner's daughter said that you know the the cellar wasn't actually the portal. It's the whole house. So, right. And again, like I said, you know, it's very similar to, uh, 13 ghosts in that, in that manner. Me, yeah. The, re- the remake of 13 ghosts, I should say. Anyway, anyway, uh, I'm going to give it a four. Um, I'll give it five. Now you're feeling generous. Yeah. You know me. Me, my giving nature. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it, guys. It took us two nights to record this, but we made it. Hey. Lucky for you, or unlucky, depending on how you feel. Uh, you get it in one swift kick in the nuts. One tasty bite. Uh, anyway, so uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand spanking new episode for you. Uh, Taylor, what are we going to be watching? We'll be uh, celebrating Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> our uh, salute to Mexican horror. We'll be watching Tigers Are Not Afraid and Satanico Pandemonium which I'm still not certain is not porn. 
because every time I look it up, all the ads are porn. Uh, it's not porn. I mean, I watched about the first ten. Well, I mean, it's not porn, but it's not, it's not porn. <laughs> I mean, it's Grindhouse, and you know, it's 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 non exploitation. So of course, you're gonna get some pretty graphic stuff, but it's not. I don't think you're gonna see like some fucking penetration, Full penetration. right? Anyway. We show it. We show all of it. <laughs> anyway, so that's going to do it. Uh, look out for that and get excited, guys. In the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. Uh, leave a nice, nice little comment about how sexy we are and how we smell of figs. <laughs> yeah. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Wait, Instagram. <laughs> Wait, do Turks smell like figs? I don't know. I think that's where figs come from, so maybe. Oh. Uh, you can also follow us on social media Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. And of course, check out patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast if you want to uh, join us live each episode or get discounts on great plot merchandise or have your name in the show. Yeah, bud. All right, guys. Well, hope you had fun. If not, I don't care. That's right. So, un- so until next time, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of terror. This has been the grave plot podcast where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>